Karen thinks she knows wine. My husband and I co-own a boutique winery and have 20 years experience. I have been an enthusiastic wino since 1986. We attended a wine tasting fundraiser tonight at a charitable organization my husband is secretary of. This is part of his role as the director of sales with a local convention and visitors bureau. It's a great organization and the event is generally a lot of fun. We were seated with three other couples and commenced to talking about the evening's featured wines. A lovely woman next to me, we'll call her L, said, I'll probably embarrass myself, but I know nothing about wine except that the big red ones make me happy. I said, the most important thing to know about wine is that you should drink what tastes good to you. It's your mouth. If it doesn't like what you're putting in it, try something else. She liked the idea and asked what she should do to learn more about wine and how to figure out what she would like. I gave her a card and invited her to our cellar tasting. In the meantime, go to Aldi's. The Winking Owl has some good examples. They are simple and straightforward. If you like something from there, try some other ones. And if you hate it, well, you're only wasting $4. Learn what you're interested in, then branch out. Karen yells from across the table, you're wrong. Winking Owl is terrible. My conversation partner looks stricken. I raise an eyebrow. You're welcome to your opinion. Drink what you like. Karen was pretty wasted already, and we were only on the first pour. Clearly, she had pre-gamed. She was not having any sass, I guess. You don't know what you're talking about. I have a wine fridge. Mm, nice, dear. I have a wine fridge, a wine cellar with nearly 100 bottles, 37 years of visiting wine regions in Europe and the U.S., and a whole winery. At least that's what I wanted to say. I said instead, I'm sure most people here have one. We're talking about how to introduce new people to wine without breaking the bank. It's perfectly fine for learning and just sipping while you watch dumb TV. Karen was livid. I know about wine. Don't buy wine at Aldi. I proceed to ignore her. Her husband has been talking to mine. He leaned over to talk to me. So M says you're in technical support? I'm in IT. We talk shop a bit and agree that wine is probably what keeps us from killing our end users. Karen starts screaming again. Don't listen to her. She likes bad wine. I have a wine fridge. I resume my conversation with L, who wanted to know if Aldi's carried other wines. I started describing a few. Karen decided to scream some more. No one makes wine from raisins. She then started yelling about how she only drinks low sugar wine from Fitvine. He was clearly mortified. He couldn't have a conversation with anyone about anything without her squawking. He told her it was time to go. I have a wine fridge. Screw you, Karen. I'm glad you got dragged out like a petulant child. The rest of us talked about wine and food, and no one gave a crap about your wine fridge. Okay, I have to ask, is it just me, or does any story that involves wine come off as snobby? The OP sounds like a solid person. I like that she spoke about introducing wine to people, but I can't help but feel like I'd have a terrible time at these events. But if you are someone that does drink wine, do you buy wine at Aldi's? I spend $2,000 to $3,500 a week on substances, and it makes me sick to my stomach. I, 26 female, have been using opiates since I was 16. I went to rehab once about a year into my addiction for 11 days and relapsed the moment I got out, and I haven't stopped since. In the beginning, I worked a minimum wage job and only spent $100 at most a week, but as my tolerance got higher, I went back to FSSW, full service X work, then eventually made an OnlyFans account and started selling custom made content outside of OnlyFans as well. These are my three main sources of income. 
If I was to make a quick guess, I'd say I make roughly 2 to 4K per week from escorting, 500 to 1.5K from OnlyFans, and about 300 to 500 from selling custom content. So even on a really bad week, I'm still making about 2.8K. 6K on a really good week, sometimes even more. So much goddamn money goes through my hands and I have nothing to show for it. I am shackled up in a hotel room with my mom because I have no self-control over my money. As long as the hotel room is paid for and we have food and cigarettes, everything goes straight to substances. I've heard people say that going to rehab after hitting rock bottom is one of the hardest things an addict will experience, but I totally disagree. When you hit rock bottom, you are out of options and you usually have no choice but to go to rehab. Me, on the other hand, I have the money and means to get lit every day, so I have nothing pushing me to get clean. Why would I want to get clean when I can afford to get lit every day? Every addict has these things that counselors and rehab refer to as triggers, something that makes someone want to use. For example, someone driving by a place where they used to meet their dealer can be a trigger. Hanging out with friends that you used to get lit with could be a trigger. As for me, my biggest trigger is having money, and there is nothing I can ever do to avoid this trigger. Every time I have money, I need to spend it. I can't just stop making money, and I don't trust anyone enough to control my finances. Not that I'd allow that anyways. All I ever want to do is get lit, so I need 100% control of my money. I don't think I'm ever going to get out of this cycle. I could have purchased a home for myself and my family while also getting everyone brand new cars with all the money I've wasted. And thinking about this makes me physically ill and causes me so much anxiety. So what do I do about it? I get lit so I don't have to deal with it. The cycle continues. The story just makes me sad. I respect ex-workers and this OP is clearly doing great in that field, but it seems like the better she does, the worse her life is going to get. I hope she can come out of this situation alive and healthy. Just remember kids, if you need help, there are programs and people out there that can do that. You just need to reach out. Am I the jerk? I served toxic food to a lot of people when I was in high school. I really need to get this one off my chest. I think I've done something immoral. When I was in high school, I worked at a local food chain. I initially started working since I was told it was a good idea to get a job. But as I started working, the reality kicked in. I became more and more jaded, realizing that I had basically become a robot and absolutely hating every second of my life at the workplace. Everybody I talked to hated working there, and I didn't know what to do. The idiot I am, absolutely bored out of my mind, started finding ways of amusing myself. One way was by putting ice cubes in the oil fryer, which would make them pop. This kind of activity slowly devolved into putting paper receipts, plastic straws, and even bags into the oil. I liked seeing the effect it would have on the paper and plastic as it would crumple into itself. It didn't pass my mind that it would possibly release toxic chemicals into the oil. While I don't know what kind of toxic materials it would have released, I now realize how dangerous this is. I was caught by my manager who simply said, don't do that, who in hindsight should have fired me, scolded me, and completely dumped and refreshed the oil or something. I assume he was too busy. Although I didn't continue doing it after he said that, I left the workplace a few months later as I hated working there so much. I hurt and poisoned people who had no idea, strangers meaningless out of boredom and pure foolishness and stupidity. As far as I know, I could have given dozens of people cancer. This story was one of those that makes you never want to eat at fast food places ever again. But can you also imagine if this was the reason why your fries tasted super bomb that one time and have never tasted great again? Makes you think. Am I the jerk? I tried deleting my best friend's history assignment. During my primary school years, I had this one friend who I had been friends with for six years. We are still best friends and she doesn't know about this. Now that I'm older, I realize that this was probably the worst thing I ever tried to do to her. Considering that we had never had any friendship problems and she was really nice to me. But she was always better than me and it annoyed the absolute crap out of me. 
I would get A's. She would get A pluses. I would get student council. She would get school captain. I also knew that she never did any of her homework and always left her assignments until the last second. And she would still get a better mark than me. This always made me furious. We were about to graduate grade six and I was determined to get ducks of grade six and I thought she had a better chance than me. I also knew that there was a big history assignment that was due and like usual, she left it to the very last minute and hadn't handed it in yet. Since this was primary school, we had those computers that were all shared and it just needed an email and password to get into your account. So if you knew someone's password, you could easily get their email and you know where this is going. I tried so hard to get her password because I desperately wanted to delete her entire history assignment before she had the chance to email it to the teacher. Reading this back, it sounds so much worse than I thought it did in my head. In the end, I didn't get her password and she turned in the assignment on time and passed. Neither of us got ducks and we're both still friends. She hasn't changed a bit and she never does her homework, but neither do I anymore. So I stopped comparing myself to her and it's heaps better. It gets me wondering what would have happened if I did delete her assignment. She would have failed and I would have felt really guilty about it. I'm glad I didn't and we're still friends today. This sounds like a typical envious story, but it does make me want to ask a question. Does anything good ever come from being envious of people? Let me know in the comment section. Am I the jerk? I spent some kids Robux while at an after school coding camp. While I was in the fifth grade, I used to take this class after school and on the weekends to learn how to code. Now that I'm in the ninth grade, I realize how messed up this story is. Getting back to the story. After a long day in class, we would have free time to do whatever we wanted on our laptops until our parents came to pick us up. At the time, because this was full of fifth and sixth graders, we obviously played Roblox and Minecraft because it was the only thing our crappy laptops could run. Although we could bring our own laptops, the school provided laptops for the kids who didn't or could not. And because of this, most people would usually sign out of their Roblox accounts before leaving class. Though for this one unlucky kid who I am writing this about, he did not. So after leaving class, I found this kid's laptop and noticed that he had around 3,000 plus Robux. And at the time, games like Meep City were becoming quite popular. So my dumb face decided it would be an amazing idea to spend all this poor kid's money on Meep City. Now four or five years later, I feel like a complete jerk for doing that. What has the world come to when people are just spending other people's hard-earned Robux? There's a special place in hell for this OP. Am I the jerk? I graduated at the top of my class for stealing smart students' homework. I was definitely smart in school. I was the type of student where I could take an exam and score an A without even spending time studying. But when it came to homework, I would do anything to avoid it. And I figured out a creative way to get myself through all of my tough classes without any critical thinking. The way my high school worked was everyone in school had a Google account that all of your assignments were supposed to be turned in through. The username was the same criteria for everyone. The first two letters of your first name, the last four letters of your last name and your graduating year. The password was your school ID number followed by the school district. Once I realized that I could easily figure out my classmates' ID numbers without suspicion, life was a breeze. I would make friends with the smart kid. I would pull out my student ID and make fun of my photo on it. Then I'd ask to see what theirs looked like and sneakily take a photo to remember their number. Other kids would have theirs hooked to their backpack or they would take it out to buy lunch in the cafeteria and I would take photos of it then. I had about 10 of the most hardworking peers accounts saved to my computer and all of their final homework was my rough draft. I'd jazz it up with my own personal flair, and I would change it a decent amount to the point where it was nearly impossible for a teacher to notice any similarities between the assignments and often turn it in to get a better grade than they did. 
I ended up ranking top 15 of my class, was on the National Honor Society, and won awards in a few of my classes. I never told anyone this before, but I'm definitely not proud of it, but I'm not sure that I would have graduated otherwise. Okay, I want to dislike the OP for this post because he stole other people's hard work, but at the same time, this is also on the school for making these accounts so easy to hack into. People until the end of time will always learn how to hack the system. And with college being such a big financial expense and sometimes not even worth it, I got no issue with this person's making their life easier by gaming the system. That has been gaming people forever. Like the old saying goes, give a lazy person a job and they will find the easiest way to make it happen. Am I the jerk? I intentionally harmed my grandmother when I was a child. When I was around five or six, my grandmother started to change. She could never remember my name, but always remembered my mom's. She would be mean and yell at me if I did things that she'd be fine with before that. Never remembered what I liked to eat or what my favorite toys were. She needed help getting everywhere when she could walk perfectly fine. Wouldn't play with me anymore and just generally was a different person. I thought this was a slight against me personally. And I always did terrible things like tell her I was my dad, give her food she didn't like and say it was her favorite food and wait until the very last minute if she needed help to go to the bathroom, shower, or eating. She died when I was eight. I found out later she had dementia. I made the last few years of her life hell, and I truly believe I contributed to her dying so early. Ouch. I can't hate the OP here because they were a child and probably didn't understand what their grandmother was going through at the time. They already need to live with the fact that they were horrible to their grandmother for the rest of their life. No need for me to crap on them anymore. Am I the jerk? I did snow in front of my six-year-old brother more than once. When I was 17, I was going through a terrible substance addiction. In the midst of all of this, I was supposed to be watching my then six-year-old brother. I was so lost and so miserable and just not myself. I feel guilty about it to this day and I don't know if he knows. I don't know if he remembers nor do I really want to know. One time during the peak of my substance use, some of it had fallen on the floor in a bunch of different pieces. I spent about 10 minutes on the ground picking up small pieces and putting them on a book so I could chop them up and do some white lines. Some of it might have been drywall that I did and not actual snow. I did this all in front of my brother who I thought was oblivious at the time. I took the snow and it hurt like hell. It was probably 65% actual snow and not worth it. I was so desperate for a line at the time it didn't matter. I could never tell anybody about this, especially not my mother. I don't think she could ever forgive me. Thinking back on it now, I hate myself and I wish I could change it. There was another time I was supposed to be watching him and I stayed up the whole night on snow and I fell asleep when I was supposed to be hanging out and watching him. My mother ended up getting home later that night and freaking out on me. I'm seven months sober now. I'm still going now, I just need to get this off my chest. Hearing stories like this always make me appreciate the fact that I've never had an interest in drugs growing up or even now. I've seen what they do to people and I never wanted that to be me. I'm glad the OP is sober and I hope they continue to be down the road in the future. Am I the jerk? When I was a kid, I caused a kid to probably break their nose. I was a kid then and my parents had taken me to one of those playgrounds that have tunnels that you can crawl through. But it was only those and nothing else. Anyways, me and some other random kid were chasing another kid around. Then the kid we were chasing tripped and fell on his face and their nose was bleeding. We stopped and they were crying. The worst part was that they were clearly not having fun and were scared. 
We had never met before and I still feel really bad about it and it was all my fault. I don't expect or deserve to be forgiven. I just wanted to get this off my chest. I'm an awful person. I've read a lot of messed up confessions before, but this is one of those ones that seems like kids being kids situations. I mean, it's totally not cool that the kid broke his nose, but at least the OP didn't trip the kid or anything. Hopefully this was the last time the OP caused another person some trauma. Am I the jerk? I bullied a special needs kid and people said I did the right thing. So this is sixth grade summer going into seventh and I'm at summer camp. I'm in this cabin with 14 other kids or so. Keep in mind that this is a church camp, so there is worship and activities. It's five to seven days that we spend there and we go to this activity that is kind of rock climbing and obstacle course. This special kid, I don't know what he had, that's why I'm saying special, got a moon ball from the shop and brought it with him. He kept the moon ball case with him so he could store the moon ball in it. When the activity was over, we were heading to axe throwing and some kid tore his case up. So he started crying and kept blaming me because I was messing with him the whole week. I didn't know who did it and accepted the blame so he would shut up. After I did, he tattled to the counselor of our cabin. So I told the counselor why it was me and he said okay. It started to rain so we headed back to my cabin and on the way the kid kept saying oh no oh no because his flashlight was getting wet and he dropped it and the batteries came out. He said oh no my flashlight is ruined. I started laughing so hard and he cried later. He must have told the counselor about it. Because he gave me a pep talk on how kids like him think little things are much more important and he said that I handled the situation well and I'm not in trouble. Now that I write this, I realize that I was a jerk and if I could go back, I would say I'm sorry. Bruh. What was up with that counselor? Telling a kid that he handled the situation well after laughing in a special kid's face? It also doesn't help that this was a church camp. Sounds like nothing great ever comes out of these church camp stories. So that's it for today's episode. Let me know your favorite story in that comment section down below. Don't forget to follow on Spotify and hit that subscribe button if you want more content like this in the future.